You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guest today is Marla Phelan. Marla is an incredible dancer, choreographer, and movement director. We graduated together from Juilliard, where she was in the dance program. And we were in the same suite in the dorms our first year of school there. I only lived in the dorms for one year. So it's been going on 10 years this spring since we graduated. So we've known each other a long time. I respect Marla as an artist very, very deeply. She is a magnetic dancer. And when she's on stage, you can't take your eyes off of her. I'm very excited to see what she does next as she's working more on her own choreography and projects. Check out her website at marlafalen.com. Or go see her at the new venue in New York, The Shed. They are opening a show called Dragon Spring Phoenix Rise in June that she's in. I hope you enjoy the 133rd episode of The Compass. What do you do to try to keep from going to the dark side as an artist? the dark side um I think it's almost impossible to keep yourself from going to the dark side and I think I try and think of it um I think that there's a hole and there's the light side and there's the dark side and then there are all of these rays or rungs on the dark side and I think some of them are good and that's where your passion lives or my passion lives and where a lot of my artistry lives. Um, and then there are the not so helpful mm-hmm. spokes that are really um, painful and hard to deal with. Uh, I think I first address my physicality um, because I'm a physical artist. If my physical being is not in check, Um, then it's so easy for me to spiral out. So I try to make sure that I work out every day or Mm -hmm. have some kind of physical activity every day. Um, And some days, and I would say most days, taking a dance class, if I'm feeling on the dark side, is only going to make it worse. Um, Hmm. I think Is that because of like a comparison thing or you just need a break or um I think because $20 for a dance class is a lot and um usually the teacher is 
not going to be at the level that I need them to be at or are going to work me out but maybe not um, say anything insightful or maybe I want something or maybe I just want to be working out or training and they're talking too much or I have too much like built up expectation of what a dance class should be and what it needs to be and it changes every day so I tend to take a yoga class Mm -hmm. or I'll go to the gym which I just started going to (laughs) just like kind of hilarious but it works Um, or a workout class I like to be around other people um, who are all focused on their bodies in a healthy way hopefully Um, so check one is physical practice every day if I can I'll take Sundays off but I try and do something even 20 minutes Um, and then And then there's the darkness that feels more emotional or um, like fear, Mm -hmm. I guess. And that's much harder to deal with. Um, And I haven't figured it out yet at all. I, so if I can go back to physical, like when you you know as a dancer you spend your whole life looking at yourself in the mirror and then you create bad images of what your body looks like you have body dysmorphia and um I think you get that in your brain too like like a talent dysmorphia yeah (laughs) that is a wonderful way to say it yeah uh because like I think I was talking myself in that place today. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like every day I talk yeah. to do that to myself. But there's no way in the world that I don't have talent, right? right. It's impossible. Right. I mean, we both went to Juilliard. I've had and am having a tremendous career. I've worked with people that I I could never even imagine that I would get to work with. And yet... I can convince myself that I am worthless, that I have no talent, that nobody would want to work with me, that I'm old, that Uh I'm shriveling up. I mean, it's like, it's complete insanity. Um, And so I think with this talent dysmorphia, I treat it the same way I treat the body dysmorphia, and I... Um, try and say really nice things about myself <laughs> to myself. Um, self-affirmations and um, I mean, I go through the list of all the things I've done this week, this year, mm-hmm. the last five years, last 10 years um, and remind myself of the successes even from the last minute, even having this thought and this new idea of, oh, it's talent dysmorphia. Like, that's a success. You just named it. Yeah. And when you can name all of your fears, then you hopefully can overcome them. I think seeing your fears evolve over the years also is helpful to me because the darkness right now is different from what it was 
even a year ago or five years ago. Um, right. It's not something that necessarily is ever going to go away, but you can see mm-hmm. progress in the way that yeah, it exactly. hits you mm-hmm. or the way you deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's, um, okay. I used to get really dark when I wasn't working. Right. And now I don't get as dark when I'm not working because I'm pretty stable knowing that more work is going to come. But then I get dark when it's not the kind of work I wish I was doing. Right. And so just being able to see the evolution and see the shades of the darkness helps me like break it down a little bit. It's not so heavy. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. What are your days like right now? Are you kind of constantly freelancing, doing different things? Or what do you try to have in your life that's structure-based, if that's helpful to you? Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out right now. Um, I, I spent so many years in shows and having a very... Um, consistent schedule or in a company where you don't have a choice in what your day is going to be like. You're told Mm -hmm. what you're going to do. And um, in the last two years, I've uh, taken some time away from performing or performing less often. Um, And in the last six months, really stopped... um, left sleep no more so that I could really just focus on what the next stage is and it's all over the place Um, or even if it's not structure in a day structure in a week or what are those things that you look forward to yeah um I again having a physical practice every Mm -hmm. day doing something And I'm not super regimented about like, I wake up at this time and I, first thing I do is go and do the physical practice. I I let things flow a little bit more than that. Some days I have a whole bunch of emails that I have to respond to and that's what I feel like doing first. I think I'm kind of scattered in that way. Like I, I will write emails for 20 minutes and then I'll work on this other thing and then Mm -hmm. I'll go to the gym and then I'll come back and I'll watch a TV show and then I'll (laughs) have some food and then, you know, um, but I do want to have a more consistent work life. I I think it's, it's hard. And then when I can't live up to the expectation of what I've set out for myself, then I get really down. So right. If you set out these steps and you didn't have time to do them all. Yeah. Or I didn't feel like it. Mm Mm-hmm respecting that you know what but this is also my time off yeah and if I didn't get to do that task today or whatever then that's okay too I've been trying to book studio space out every week um sometimes it's only two hours for the whole week and sometimes I'll be in there for many hours in one day or two days or three days and um, trying to find a personal practice mm-hmm. and choreograph, whatever that means. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's nice to have the space. That's something I miss about mm-hmm. school. Although Juilliard has been kind to me about lending me space from now and yeah. now and again, but like just being able to go in an empty room mm-hmm. for hours and mm-hmm. noodle around. Yeah, and it's expensive. Too. It is expensive. And, but that's something that I've decided though. to make a priority. Like I don't go shopping. I don't. You know, there's so many other things that I don't spend money on and so getting into the studio is an important one for me going to the gym is an important one for me going to yoga is an important one for me mm-hmm. so I I guess I just check all the boxes within yeah. my open time as it flows in <laughs> well we're gonna cover so many different things <laughs> but um, <laughs> can we talk a little bit about where you're from mm-hmm. and I want to ask like how your family takes in your choice to be an artist for your career yeah, I'm from Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, my family's really supportive in the way that they can be. Um, I, they finally have stopped asking whether I was going to maybe go back to school and like become a physical therapist or mm. what a great doctor I would be or if I wanted to be a teacher one day or what I was going to do, you know? They finally stopped asking that. So I feel like a little victory. (laughs) And and for both of us, a victory for me that they understand me and a victory for them that they have opened up their idea of what a career is and what work is. Both my parents worked the same job for 35-plus years. My mom, I think just had 40 years at her job oh wow what do they do uh they were both social workers okay yeah and that just isn't the case for most people now mm-hmm. artists or not yeah being able to stay in the same job it's yeah. amazing yeah but they're supportive do they get a chance to come up and see a lot of your work yeah yeah they i think they've seen pretty much all of my shows and do you have siblings or no i had a brother yeah, he died recently. Oh, I'm sorry to hear yeah. that. So it's been tough. Goes into the dark side. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure. Category for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Frankie and I went down to Miami recently for the film festival. Mm. He had a film that he shot a couple of years ago down there. And he was remarking on like how much he thought it had changed artistically mm-hmm. from when he was there in high school. Like that it, at that time it didn't seem like a place... Yeah. where you could have an artistic life, really, which is why he left. Mm-hmm. Completely. And do you feel the same oh, way? Oh, I agree, yeah. yeah. I don't know how much time you've really spent there yeah, as an adult. Yeah, I don't but... spend that much time there, and when I go down, I'm really focused on my family, so I don't really get into the community that much. Um, but even in the last five years, it's really grown. Because I went down, I think it was about... Maybe it was about six years ago, and I thought I, I knew I needed a break from New York, and I thought maybe I would go and spend some time in Miami and see what the community was like there. And I had a really hard time. Um, I think everybody felt uh, everyone was in their own little bubbles and their own pockets, and it was hard to find the through line and where. I could fit in or who would welcome me into their community or not. Uh, But then recently I've gone down and 
there's so many more people that I know who used to live somewhere else and now are living there and are making a life and making work and it's pretty exciting you know with young arts down there now mm-hmm. too it's uh, it's really I don't know if I would move back. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. This is, is not necessarily related to the question about Miami, but do you feel like your artistic home is in New York for good, or do you daydream about finding somewhere else where you could you could make your, your creative life? I love New York. <laughs> I love it here. Yeah. I, I spent two years in London, and I enjoyed my time there. Um, but when my contract, my visa was running out, I, I knew I wanted to come come back. back. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Two years is you either put down roots or you don't. And I knew I didn't want to put down roots there. I daydream about LA sometimes. Um, it's warm. It's a place where both me and my husband can work. And I have so many friends out there now, but I, I, I'm happy here yeah. too. That's kind of how I feel about it too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. And so your husband is an artist too. Mm-hmm. He does photography and yeah, film? film. And film. Mm-hmm. How is that for, we don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, but <laughs> how is it for you guys to be in a relationship with another artist? <sighs> He's... I think he's the most amazing person in the whole world. So, (laughs) well, I already knew that. (laughs) Well, he's he's so endlessly supportive of me, and listens to all of my fears and all of the dysmorphias and and tragedies and everything, and still believes in me someone that you can let all of that out to and knowing that that half the things that you're saying are are not actually things that you believe in either right but to be able to say them it helps to just say them it does and then to have that person still believe in you yeah and to and in same you know in return he'll um feel negative and there's not a doubt in my mind that he's not going to be successful and do what he wants to do. And I've never had that kind of uh, support before. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm able to be more of an artist and push my work further than I've ever been able to. So it's like the best. (laughs) I love it. Um, have you guys gotten to collaborate on anything, or do you prefer to work side by side? We've we've done a few jobs paths. together, and they've gone really well. Uh, I would love to do more. Um, I think I have so much to learn from him, and and also offer him a completely different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're we're talking about some some things. See how they pan out. (laughs) It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, so you've gotten to do a ton of different kinds of performing since we graduated Juilliard, which I'm so fascinated with. Um, I mean, you performed in Fiddler on Broadway. You did Sleep No More, like you mentioned, concert dance. You're doing, it seems like you're doing a lot more like commercials and music Mm -hmm. videos and stuff now, which is also totally different. How do you take care of yourself Mm -hmm. as a dancer and as a performer in those different lanes? Because I know they all have different protections or not mm-hmm. for performers um legally physically like how do you watch your own back I think that's exactly it is that you're <laughs> always watching your own back and my number one priority is myself in my work life anyway right, right, right. um and you know, you can have as much loyalty as you want to have to another person or a choreographer or a director or a show. But I think most importantly, you have to have loyalty to yourself. And if you need to move on from a show that is not over yet and you're the one that leaves, it's a really hard decision, but it's your life and your career and not to feel guilty about what you need to do. And, um, like with commercial work for some people that I'm on the job with, it is their, that is their passion. They love Mm it. It's not where my soul and my heart lives. It's that's work for me. I'm right. I'm getting paid. It's a money job. Um, and knowing that helps you not get, uh, like twisted in, the drama of it in the he said she said and you know it's your money job you're going to invoice for that amount I'm going to give that amount leave at the end of the day that's it um which is a really hard thing to learn yeah like I want to say it's a little clearer in that context but maybe not I don't think it is yeah and you tend to work with people who are a lot younger in that context as well. And so the emotional right, vibration they have not learned is that lesson yet. really high. And I've been that person at right. 22, 23, having a really you know high frequency about the job and you know <laughs> impressing people or looking pretty enough or whatever. But at this point... No, it's, I'm there to do a good job and I will do a really good job and I'm really professional, but, um, I don't need to get emotionally tied up in the gossip and the drama Mm -hmm. of that (laughs) career. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing thing to know about yourself now. Yeah. And I'm sure it took trial and error, Mm -hmm. but that's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I try and go into every job just being really positive mm-hmm. and 
wanting to have fun and be curious and learn something and spread joy as much as possible. And it's easier to do that when you don't let yourself get tied up in the negative energy of it. Right. Yeah. How do you do that when it's a really long running show? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, do you, what do you do to keep that interesting for yourself and to keep it positive? It's really almost impossible. <laughs> with Fiddler, I, I really, I struggled so much with that. You know, you're on Broadway. It's supposed to be like everything. I but mean, it's not, grueling but too. It's grueling. Yeah. No, I, my sister-in-law has been in Phantom for two, three and a half years. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm really hard. Yeah, eight shows a week is really, really hard. And yes, you get paid really well, but you are working really hard for mm-hmm. that. It's not easy. And and I would say I'm not. I'm not always proud of the way I handled that experience. Mm -hmm. And so now I try and go into experiences that are long running shows like that. And again, just have a little bit, uh, just be a little more removed, not on stage, but but personally, personally. Yeah, I think that helps me a little bit be happier. How long, how long was that run? I don't remember. It was only a year. I mean, that's a long time. <laughs> it was only a year. I've never done a show for a year. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that <clears throat> dancing was, like, the choreography was gorgeous, but it was high energy. And it was a lot. But yeah. on stage, nothing else matters. Right. And so that's, I think, the attitude to remember to have when you're backstage that's mm. not what matters. What matters is when you're on stage is the experience that the audience is having is not what the person next to you said and right, how right, 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 this right. thing and oh, the drama that, that comes with it. There's the on stage life and there's the off stage life. And, and then there's your real life. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a, there are a lot of layers to the, to working in a show and yeah. theater. Yeah. That's, that's one, I don't know, I guess I was about to say that it took me a while to learn that there's your real life mm-hmm. separate from <laughs> your work. Yes. I don't know. Maybe I always had a sense of it, but you know, cause we went to Juilliard for four years and that was your life. Mm-hmm. And so afterwards it was really hard for me to separate my passion for my work and that I could also have fulfillment in my life yeah and also when I wasn't working that I could have fulfillment in my life yeah even though that I some that I wasn't like unworthy to have a Mm -hmm. full life that I loved because I wasn't currently working oh that one's very challenging (laughs) ding 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 still (laughs) I mean working on it from time to time but you too (laughs) it's true it's true yeah yeah. It's hard after you go through some intense training like that where you just feel mm-hmm. like, oh, I should always be working this much. Yeah, that's something uh, Tim and I, my husband Tim and I, talk about is the come down after mm-hmm. a big experience, after Juilliard, after Fiddler, after Sleep No More, after like a big show that you've done. like, Or even um, I just did a really intense two weeks um, workshop and what happens right afterward that next week when you don't have 
work or, or you have less work mm-hmm. and the, the, the come down is right. And you suddenly get sick or you get a little bit mm-hmm. depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> no answers there. And then with sleep no more, and I think a couple other projects too, like you've kind of gotten into the immersive theater. Yeah. I don't want to claim it all for theater. Immersive dance theater <laughs> <laughs> stuff, which I love. That's yeah. like one of my favorite genres, I mm. guess, or corners of of theater. Yeah. What do you like about being that close to the audience? <laughs> what do you not like about it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Or what did you learn from it, maybe? Whatever you think. Hands down, Sleep No More is still the... And, and immersive theater is is the... I think it's like the most fulfilling way of performing. Um, I don't think it's the most fulfilling way of watching a performance. Hmm. Um, I don't really enjoy watching Sleep No More or an immersive show. That's interesting. Um, but it's there's there's the well is endless it is so (laughs) deep the information it's part you know a social experiment you know you could be in a room full of people and they're all watching you but one person in the audience hears some random noise they turn their head too quickly and the whole group just turns their head and everybody's gone to see nothing (laughs) And how that affects you is another, you know, layer of a social experiment. Do I then feel, oh, silly audience member? Usually not. I usually feel, oh, what did I do? I'm so boring. Nobody wants to watch me. (laughs) They've just left. (laughs) Um, So it's, you know, a lot of combating that negative uh, psychological state but also you know you're it's not just a, a scene between you and your scene partner it's it's a trio all the time there's you your scene partner and then there's the audience and um, you know you can feel an audience's energy in a proscenium stage as well but when they're right there next to you 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 know it's like bouncing right into your (laughs) face sometimes it's good sometimes it's not so good um but there's yeah there's just so much I could go on and on (laughs) um what are you excited about with your choreography right now Mm. or when you when you're creating movement um like we were talking about you worked in all these different areas What's the area that you imagine your moves in right now that gets you excited? Or the, I'm not using the right word, the form. No, no, the... Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it's changing. I, I have a few different, uh, I guess, projects that I'm dreaming up, and they take different forms. One feels like a film and has a really strong narrative, and one feels like a dance piece for a stage, mm-hmm. which I 
uh, is shocking to me because I didn't think that that's something that I would ever want to do, but I think I want to do it. And one other thing is more of an installation for a gallery. So, but the common thread is definitely me and the way that I move and still discovering what that is and what I have to say in my own work or not so much what I have to say, but how I'll say it in each of those things. Well, I can't wait to see them. Yeah, (laughs) me too. It's painful. It's a painful process going from uh, always being the interpreter. Right. And that doesn't scare me anymore. I've mastered that in a way you know I'm still learning but I've I I understand how to do that that. Uh, but to self-generate that I don't know how to do at all and and then there's like the self-producing part of it mm -hmm. too which can be so not even there yet (laughs) I'm not even there yet right That's how early in in that process I am. Is that I'm I'm really still um, discovering what my process is, what my practice is, what um, and and how I want to express myself. And I think that when I when I look at other choreographers or directors or people, it, it seems like they've always known what it mm-hmm. is and and I'll ask like how do you what is your process like how does it start and everyone's like you just begin oh <laughs> great um okay but I secretly think that they are probably wondering the same thing about yeah. other people you know like mm-hmm. yeah we, we it's always, all different we always imagine that other people are 100% yeah. assured of themselves yeah and then you realize that they're probably having the same Mm-hmm. self-doubts but why you. don't we talk about that more I don't know that's what I'm trying to do I with know. this podcast and it's, and it's really important <laughs> everyone feels this way yeah you know it's yeah. like and and maybe I'm too honest with people but when someone asks um what are you up to how's life how's it going what are you doing what are you working on I my first thing is like shock fear paralysis and I'm working on a lot of things I am I am doing really well and I still get paralyzed by because what am I really truly deeply working on is something that I have no idea Mm. how to even talk about it yet or I haven't figured it out and it's probably going to take me the next 10 years of my life to get to that point but it's exciting that it. you're it's working so on it. It's so exciting. That you know you want to work on it. You I know? have to. It's really I have exciting. to. I'm, I've had a really eclectic career, and the thing that I have shied away from is making my own work, and so I have to do it. I just have to. <laughs> <laughs> do you Have you felt that way about other things in your life? Like, do you go... T- Thank you, neighbor's dog. Um, <laughs> do you have a tendency to go towards things that are a little frightening to kind of challenge them? Or is this a new impulse? Yeah, I probably do try yeah. and challenge myself. Take a little pause like I'm a, in a rhythm, too. <laughs> what is that? I've never heard this dog before. Yeah, that's so, that's so exciting. Just to know that you have 
a long-term goal that you're working on. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm trying to be really kind with myself about it, that it's going to be a long-term goal, mm-hmm. that I don't have to produce something right away. Right. You know, I just, I don't have to. Yeah. There's no reason to put extra pressure on myself. I already know I'm going to do it. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any mentors in your work that have been helpful to you along the way? Something I've been, I've been trying to find a mentor for a while. Um, You know, you had teachers in school and things that they've said that have stuck with me. And I'll find myself repeating those little pearls to myself. Um, but I don't really have anybody right now. And I, I want, if anybody's out there <laughs> listening to this and wants to be my mentor, but it's, it's a hard thing to find. Yeah. I feel like it either has to happen really organically yeah. or you have to be one of those type A people who like seeks it out. Makes, oh, no. makes a coffee date and an yeah. appointment and sits down and yeah. is like, when I want you to be my mentor. I've made coffee dates with people mm-hmm. who I'm inspired by or I think are having a career that I'm interested in. But I don't know that those people are my mentors because they're in the same place that I'm in. Can they be my mentor if they're going through the same thing as me? I guess maybe in a sense, but yeah. it might not be the kind you're looking for. Yeah. I guess I usually picture it being someone who's a little in further ahead in mm-hmm. their journey or whatever mm-hmm. that is, but it can be whatever I mean, I've had want. people who I performed with who are a few years ahead of me and who uh, I sucked up all the information I could by performing with them because they were mm-hmm. so brilliant and learned a lot along the way and still keep in touch and they are my friend but in terms of someone what is a mentor I don't know yeah I don't know you want to be my mentor (laughs) (laughs) you know I'm part of the Juilliard mentoring program are you and they always give me dancers that's interesting yeah it's been fun I told them that I wanted to be a mentor I think I'd be a really good mentor maybe this next school year because they don't always need Mm, everyone yeah. like I had to re-interview at one point mm. when my person graduated mm. and I think I had a year where they didn't give me somebody mm. but it's fun I hope they yeah. give me someone yeah but it's it's nice to be with someone in a different discipline actually yeah I bet and you don't you have a series of drawings that you do as well is that another little outlet I for do. you <laughs> I really love them there's like very I don't know if you have them on your Instagram or something that people could see them, but they're like very clean lines Mm. of people moving. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, it's sort of how I, it's, it's, they, they look the way I dance. Yeah, they do. (laughs) (laughs) When did that start? (laughs) I started drawing them maybe six years ago. I think I started drawing earlier than that, maybe 10 years ago. I had a boyfriend who could draw so well, and I, for the life of me, couldn't do it, and it really bothered me, and there's with my challenging myself. (laughs) (laughs) And it, it just, it bothered me so much that I could not draw. So I started drawing and doodling, 
and they and I could see the progress and that's really rewarding when you can see progress happening and then I like couldn't draw hands and feet I still can't (laughs) it's like so painful to me I cannot draw them so I started making them tree limbs (laughs) I think that's like these ribbons and that's where that they've evolved into this way that I draw people now um and that has been a really positive outlet for me it's not my work it's not how I make money though I've started selling them oh cool really exciting (laughs) um but it's not like it's not my life source like I don't need to stress it's what I do when I feel like it and not do when I don't and I don't get upset with myself that I didn't draw this month you know it's that's so nice yeah it's nice to have a, (laughs) a hobby or yeah, I've never had anything outside of dance that I really love doing. Yeah. And so it's it's good to have that. I feel like we've already accidentally hit on a lot of these, <laughs> but uh, are there any lessons that you've learned in the last couple of years that you're really proud of that you want to tell me about? It could be a small thing. It doesn't have to be something that's big and visible. Just to be nice to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, when I had my classmate from Juilliard met G on the podcast. She mm-hmm. said something about how when she would go into that place of like beating herself up, it was like she was sitting in a corner, like self flagellating yeah. and like how you would never let your friend do that. Exactly. And I try to remind myself of that and I like tell it to Frankie when he's in that place. I'm mm-hmm. like, it's really like you're, like emotional cutting sometimes Mm -hmm. and you would never let someone Mm -hmm. you loved do Mm -hmm. that I don't know like what is that about the way the human brain works like that's what flaw right in the design there's a huge flaw in the design you can do that to yourself yeah be nice to yourself and give yourself treats and whatever (laughs) Sorry, I took that to a very dark place. (laughs) (laughs) Where did you go? (laughs) And thus, be nice to yourself. Guys, that's all. Um, When do you... Like, what are the moments when you feel like you're the one in the driver's seat of your career? (laughs) I'm feeling that way more and more as I'm starting to make work. And as I'm being hired as a choreographer or a movement director, then I feel um, like I'm deciding what the physical aesthetic is going to be. Mm -hmm. And rather than being told what it's going to be, I feel in charge in that way. I feel in charge when I can say no to a project that I'm not interested in. That's a hard lesson to learn as well. But you can say no if it's not what you want to do. And how do you find, how does that work? Are you, is it kind of by word of mouth? Do you work with an agent? Like how, like the movement director stuff, like how do you that has been, position yourself for that? That's been mostly word of mouth. Um, or the first job I did, the first two jobs were with my husband, my then boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't know, he got it in his head that I was a choreographer. And I think that was because I was I was at Fiddler, I was the dance captain. I was the dance captain on a show where the choreographer and the associate choreographer both lived in London. So right. I was having to go to the Tony board meeting and present work that we were going to do. You or, were in a leadership position. Yeah, I mean, I really yeah. had to work with the musical director to make cuts for different shows, for different, oh, um, wow. like the Late Show and the um, Thanksgiving Day Parade and all of that kind of stuff. So I, I, but I didn't recognize it in myself, but that's when we met and he was like, you're a choreographer. Uh, will you come and choreograph a, a Mazda commercial for me? And I, I, you know, I was like, wait, I can't do that. And then I thought about it for five minutes and of course <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> so that stuff started I because I started believing that I could do it. And then I started telling people that I was a choreographer and that I was a movement director and and then someone would have a job, and this is more how it's happening still, um, a, a choreographer or a movement director friend of mine will have a job that they can't do, right? and then they will pass it on to me. And happy to take the runoffs, that's where I'm at, and I'm very happy with that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't have an agent or a manager for that. Uh, I've met with some, and... It seems most are busy with their one big client hmm. and they aren't really going to be active about getting you work. So and then you have to pay them, all of that. Yeah, you know, I, I have a manager for dance and, and she, you know, that's also really rare that I book things on auditions or castings like mostly it is word of mouth at this point in my mm -hmm. career um, and I have her negotiate some things and some things I do myself depending on how much it is and whether it's worth her time or my time and I and she'll help me out with the choreography movement direction stuff if I needed it but really, like, I'm my own boss. I can do that. I know how to ask for money. I know I've decided what my day rate is. And I say this is how much my rate is. Um, I know I've, bro I've broken it down for myself. I know what my day rate for movement direction is. I know what it is for choreography. I know what it is for music video, for commercial shoot, mm -hmm. for TV. for And then there's obviously union stuff. And if it's with the union, then you know exactly what you're going to get. Right. But I, I think not being afraid of being a boss. Yeah. <laughs> and is that, did that all come just through trial and error? Or do you feel like, was the groundwork laid for that kind of, needing to be that kind of entrepreneur, like in your training at Juilliard or like, no, and I wish it had searching been. out resources to help you learn, or was it more just like I'm in this situation, so I, I need to make this decision. Well, I I knew that I didn't want to have to get another job if I didn't want to have another job, right. and so I had to break down how much money I needed to make to survive, and then as the years went on, I added more to that and mm -hmm. as my expenses got higher I added more to that and as my experience grew I added more to that and 
I hope that I will continue to add to that when I get more experience. And I think it's like I have a very fair number to yeah, myself. I'm sure you could ask and friends, like compare. Yeah, you know what the yeah, going rate is yeah, and exactly. what you think. Mm-hmm. Is... And I'm, you know, always encouraging people to ask for more. And when I pass on a job to another friend, I always say, make sure you ask for this amount because that's what I would ask for. And because if they take it for less, mm-hmm. then they're, no one's going to want to use me because I'm too expensive. But if right. we all say, this is how much it costs to hire us, then yes, it helps. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. It's hard like, to be an entrepreneur and an artist. Yeah. Like, I think people get um, upset with you when you ask for money. I mean, I've been blacklisted from working with someone who I will not mention, but (laughs) because I, because I know what my worth is and because I asked for it, had my agent or some representation asked for it, I wouldn't be penalized, Mm -hmm. but because I did, I am, uh, and that's not right. And it's not right. And that's rarer that that happens, but... I mean, it's it's one thing to say, okay, it's not in our budget. Exactly. See you next time. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to make it a hostile, mm-hmm. hostile relationship after that. Very interesting. Yeah. Mm. Also, as women, it's just like a whole nother layer on top of it. Well, nobody nobody, nobody likes you to was... ask for money when you're a woman. <laughs> yeah, no, and that... that particular issue was because my male counterpart was getting paid more than I was interesting yeah okay enough about that yes <laughs> we all know where that conversation's going um so if you are in like a negative place mm-hmm. are there any tangible things that you go back to besides we already talked about like the physical practice every mm-hmm. day but are there books you go back to music you go back to places you go when you just need a reset or a little bit of a lift? No, I mean, everything we talked about. Yeah. Making sure I get in my body, making sure I'm nice to myself. That helps. And then the last question is, have you seen anything recently of any art form that you want to recommend? Oh. Oh. I've seen a lot of shit. I saw this really weird movie, Climax. I haven't heard of that, I don't think. Super bizarre, but maybe interesting. (laughs) Or anything you're looking forward to seeing soon, or friends stuff. No, but this movie. Like Oh, you're being serious. I'm being serious. (laughs) Like super no, it's it's called Climax. It's Mm -hmm. really, really, really weird. Um, it's a dance company, school, whatever, group of dancers. And after their rehearsal one night, they have like a party and someone spikes the punch bowl with LSD. Okay. I don't know if I recommend it, but it was weird. (laughs) Where where did you see it? The East Village Cinema. (laughs) Something to think about. It's wild. 
but maybe horrible, but maybe amazing. (laughs) Take that for what you will. Take that. (laughs) Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. I wanted to have you on for so long, and I'm really glad it worked out. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you for listening to the Compass Podcast. If you find these conversations valuable to your life as an artist and would like to support the ongoing production of The Compass, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thecompasspodcast. Pledges start at as little as $1 a month. You'll get access to bonus content and anything you can give would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you have a moment, please rate or review in iTunes. Every little bit helps other listeners to find the podcast. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller, music by Brandon Spieth, audio assistance from Nick Choksi, and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.